Hello! Hi! Welcome to Nick Flanagan Weekly, the show where people talk. Mostly I talk. Sometimes I listen if there's another person in the room. And they may also listen to. And we might talk about funny things. Or maybe something informative to you, the listener. And we also like to discuss mental health. Hi, welcome. Thank you. I missed last week. Things came up. Things happen. Everything is too, too rushy rush right now. March, here, Canada. Back to... Back to basics. All the, all the help for COVID is gone. We're all on our own again. I know you might be in a country where that's not the case. If you're in the United States, you're probably. In, it's been the case for quite a while. If you're in another faraway place where it's, it, let me know what the state of feeling secure is for you right now in your country weeklypodcast at gmail.com I do accept emails from people in Eastern Europe the situation there is terrible hard to ignore but mostly I'm going to avoid talking about it right now just because A. I, I will not add much of value at the moment and B. it's been so rough lately, it's so rough outside of the house I'm just here to talk to you about I don't know, the way I feel this week, which is inherently impacted by terrible world events, but also, uh, just in general, sun's out a little bit more, that's good, it was freezing yesterday and the day before, that's bad, I've been exposed to more people, I guess by default more germs, but I don't think I'm sick or anything, so I, I feel good about that. Seeing more people have a reason to get out of the house... This is good. Structure is added to my life. Uh, turns out having a immediate deadline of needing to be somewhere is in some ways a positive. Now, is it a positive to make little money doing that? No. Is it a positive to have to serve people who uh, have a lot more money than you and your coworkers? Uh it is, in a way, I think everybody, instead of like a draft, instead of doing the army, everybody should be in a servitude draft, where they need to do retail or uh, volunteer work, I mean, for two or three years. And the more money you have, the more start, the more servile the job needs to be. And ideally that will teach the people who every, they are, are being served to be nice because if a millionaire is suddenly you know, watching his own spawn, bus, dirty napkins from a restaurant table where he just ate high-end wings, high-end chicken wings at a gastropub, he may think twice about tipping nothing. So yes, if you're listening and you're wealthy, 
get a job at um, McDonald's. And if, if you're listening and you're not wealthy, if I were the boss, I would make you the CEO of Exxon and see how that went. And then if you're kind of wealthy, I make you the CFO of Exxon and down the line until the richest person is the person who has to uh, carry the gas pump keg, the gas keg into the gas station on his back. I've never had a... Uh, it would be kind of fun to be a self-serve gas attendant. I think for a while. You'd be surrounded by flammables, which is not great. But you could wear one of those like gas station attendant outfits. and You know, nobody's smoking around you. And uh, jerky is very accessible most of the time, which everyone loves jerky. So, it's <laughs> one of the most arguable statements I've said in the history of this podcast. I don't even know if I love jerky. There was a period of time where I thought it was a really cool invention. And it's certainly a product of an older time where the idea of being away from a stove was quite present. And, and you would need these cured meats that will not go bad in a, in a, in a rucksack. And you could eat them as you were macheteing your way through the forest to uh, make a walkway from your wood cabin in order to reach the well. I've seen two wells in my life. The well is also in this place, this big city. It's not common. So if, if uh, but you know, it'd be kind of, you know, a well operator, that would be a pretty fun job too. You lower the bucket down, raise the bucket up, Lower the bucket down, raise the bucket up. Maybe you could fish in there while you were doing your job. A little side hustle. Underground fish. Sell them at the side of the road. This is all stuff that might come up in the coming future. I do have fears that we will really need to rely on our survival skills. So find yourself a partner who uh, can create large batches of soup or hummus, uh, or have that ability yourself, and, and buy hundreds of cans of chickpeas. And I think you'll be okay. And then it'll get better. Everything's always going to get better. That's the spirit. Watching too much TV. 90210. Beverly Hills 90210. I've been watching. Skipped season one going to end it with season one, so it's on a high note. Started watching season two, now I'm at season eight. Let me tell you, after Santa Doherty leaves in, in season five, it's just uh, you're looking at the watch, just waiting for it to really get bad. And by season eight, it does. And the, the trick is they add two new faces to the, to the opening credits. For a, a long time, it was just they had... Uh, Tiffany Amber Thiessen playing the character Valerie. She was the new person in the credits starting in, like, season five. That was great. She was a force of chaos character that made no sense. She's still on the show at this point. She still makes no sense. She's, uh... 
by default, one of the better actors on the show. So that's fine, but then by season two, it's like, who's Noah? Suddenly there's a guy named Noah in the credits, and Hilary Swank is suddenly in the credits, and you're saying, what show am I watching? So that's in the doldrums. But it is so awful, and they go to so many lengths to just get something juicy storyline-wise that it's just, I can't stop watching. I would probably, I may follow it all the way to season 10. We'll see. I hope I don't, but I might. At this point, it's 1998 in the, the series, and, and sadly, 1998, even though it was 24 years ago, is still like kind of at the forefront of my mind, so I'm watching this show being like, this looks like now. Except with like 70% more Bill Clinton, although he was on his way out by 1998. Oh, wait, that's just something about 90210. I don't really have any... And then the Brandon character. What rewatch that show if you have any good memories of the character Brandon. Brandon Walsh. He is he is really into himself, I'll put it that way. And you know, God bless, the Lord bless down, jaw bless Jason Priestley, Jocelyn Priestley. Canadian guy. Seems nice, I guess. But uh boy do they make him do a bunch of weird things that are questionable. And him and his love Kelly Taylor. Kelly ain't no ain't, ain't no prize either. She's always like ready to leave whoever she's dating for some other person. She doesn't care about the rules of fidelity. Nor does Brandon. Brandon dates all these placeholder ladies after he gets together with Kelly, and you can really tell he does not care about them. They're all co-workers, too. So on top of that, he's, you know, doo-dooing where he eats, as the kids say. By the way, I work with, like, a bunch of people in their early 20s, and I've tried to drop, drop the phrase chuggy on them here and there. They don't know what I'm talking about. I think this phrase chuggy, which was, I think, like, six or seven months ago, there were, like, articles about how it's the new thing that the whatever generations after millennials, whatever generations after Z are like calling uncool things chuggy. These Utes, they don't know what chuggy means. So, you know, if you're writing ad copy for something, don't throw chuggy in. The kids will know that you're chuggy, but they won't use the word chuggy to describe you. So don't do it. You might lose your job. Your boss is probably 19. Then there's this show called Laugh, Last One Laughing, which I saw was on Amazon. This is, it's one of these like worldwide licenses, so there's an Australian one, maybe one's in other countries. But I saw all these comics I knew were on this show where they put a bunch of comedians in a room for like six hours and whoever doesn't laugh gets the money going to charity. Only in Canada, where they know that every, pretty much every single comedian could use a prize. Even the famous ones. Would they be like, the money's going to charity. And I would, what I would do if I were on it would be I'd set up an LLC that was called like Help the Neurodiverse. And I wouldn't be the chairman, but, but I'd find a way for that to be a charity that somehow went directly to my PayPal account or Venmo 
or even if I could, just a cash transfer. And uh, that's where the charity would go. Maybe that's why I wasn't asked, although I'm sure there are many other reasons. Anyway, Last One Laughing Canada features Brandon Ash Muhammad, a, a comic who I think is really funny. He's young, and uh, we're in the scene together. He saw me have a mental breakdown at one of my first shows back after coming from Los Angeles when someone kind of heckled me at the very beginning and it, like of a show I was hosting, and it just ruined my vibe. I was like, I put this whole thing on, don't be mean. <laughs> this is like not what is recognized as a good comedian approach where the audience responds to you, you say, don't be, you're like, don't be mean. But it's true, don't be mean. If you're watching a comedian at the halfway point, when no one's looking, slip out, don't heckle, and don't comment on it to others afterwards unless it's especially bad. Or me. Don't, if you don't like it and it's me, don't tell anybody. You know? The one-star rating I got on this podcast still haunts me. He was mad that I took sips of things on the podcast. Drinking some club soda over here. Anyway, the other comedians on this show are Dave Foley from The Kids in the Hall, Tom Green, who I love, legend, underrated, a huge societal impact, whether you like him or not. Caroline Ray, who is Canadian and uh, is most famous to me because I was a fan of the show Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Because there was a talking cat puppet on it, Salem. And for a while I was into Melissa Joan Hart, although she's kind of taken turns even shortly after the show that definitely made me go, I'm not a huge fan. But Caroline Ray's on it. Deborah Gi- Deb Di Giovanni, who I love. She's on it. Hilarious. Uh, it's kind of a long list, even though it's... it's, it's uh, who else? J- not, uh, John Lajoie. I've opened for John Lajoie. He's on that show, The League, or he was, and he's great. And uh, Colin Mockery, of Whose Line Is It Anyway fame. Vaunted improviser. So, yeah, I just watched this show, and I went in kind of thinking this is going to be some, one of these... I mean, it made me think of that show, Make Me Laugh, with, which used to be on Comedy Central, where just a rando, a comedian, had to make them laugh, and it was like really nightmarish. You were watching a comedian mug and dance just to make someone who's trying to make money not laugh, which is like the easiest thing to do. Someone's trying to make you laugh. It's generally very easy not to laugh at them. But this show is funny. And Brandon, bless him, he's, uh, he's got the right kind of confidence. I was really impressed with him in the first episode. I've only watched that episode, but I am going to keep going. Pleasantly surprised by that one. Um, another Canadian show I watched was Run the Burbs. It was great seeing Chris Locke on that. And, uh, you know, then I, I think I might have already talked about Yellow Jackets. I mean, I might have talked about these shows already. I'm just over here in my room. It always looks the same. I don't know what I said one minute to the next minute. 
And I think I was real down in the dumps last week. And it wasn't to put my garbage away. I was just there, standing around. I'm down in the dumps here. I know. Oh boy, here I am in the dumps. I'm down in the dumps, but I'm not down with the dumps. Does that make any sense? Probably not. And I kind of avoided thinking about this or chatting with it, but over the last couple of weeks, there was like a low point where there were too many ants in my apartment. Not a proper infestation, but enough for me to go, this is not nice. I hate, they're little ones, little tiny black ants, and sometimes you'll like look at your hand and one of them will be on your hand and you'll be like, oh, cute pestilence. Because they're so little, it's kind of cute. But then it's on your hand, and you like feel every leg on you, but it's such small legs. Not a good feeling. So I got some ant traps. And it's been at least two weeks now. And they're still at it. They're still heading into these traps, bringing the poison bait to their queen in the colony. It's taken forever to kill this queen. Sort of like the Prince of England. You know, sorry. For sale, one mogwai. One Mogwai, plush little furry doll that makes noises. Gizmo himself in the show, the movie show, Gremlins. Are we the ants, though? That's what it makes me think. And is social media the ant trap that we're flowing into, poisoning the rest of society when we come out? You tell me. You tell me. Trying to keep this place clean. It's an ongoing mission, and will I succeed at keeping the place clean? I don't know. It's the abundance of items that really do me in, and I'm slowly divesting myself of them. I'm gonna make rent if I try really hard, and if I don't, A for effort. That's what I'll send in my rent email. No rent, but A for effort. I tried. If we give anything the old college try, we should be rewarded, even if we're not that great at it. But if you're not that great at it, and then people wind up liking it, but it's still not great, that's when a commission gets to decide if you're famous. And I'm the commissioner! Ladies and gents and folks and peoples, it's always a treat talking to you. If you want to throw some support at the podcast, ko ko-fi.com slash Nick Flanagan. Thanks for listening. I really do think you are the butter on toast, the vegan butter on toast, marmalade, jam, and that that toast is the best toast I've ever had. So a toast to you, the finest toast you can find.